the Geek Out Podcast. The 50th anniversary of the moon landing is coming up, and you can experience it in augmented reality. We have Geek Pod thoughts about Spider-Man Far From Home. Stranger Things portals are popping up in Fortnite. And HBO's bringing a bunch of shows to Hall H at the San Diego Comic-Con. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. Dang it, I thought for sure we'd catch Good it. Good job, Art. Yeah, wow, man. Just jumped right into Broadcast it. Broadcast professional. Walks in the room, cold, raised, one like, when take, Art's in Jake. here, when Art's it's, in here, let's just should, go right into it. You <laughs> should have said something like, Stranger Things portals are popping up in Fortnite, and Nala is the now been cast in Lion King. <laughs> Nala. Nala. We would have, that would have been more fun. Callbacks here? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. you got to listen to all of the Geek Out There's pods. a lot of rehashing going on today about <laughs> Art Aronson's misdeeds yeah better not rehash lake town <laughs> oh <Uh-oh>. hello <laughs> everyone it's the zones geek out podcast episode 40 it's july 4th 2019 when we record this i can't believe we've done 40 of these freaking things Do i we get some like flamingos on our lawn now yeah lordy lordy look who's 40 the geek out podcast flamingos wow i don't know I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. Hey, my name is DJ Boitano. You can hear me every weekday afternoon in the af- in the afternoon zone. <laughs> Afternoons. And Afternoons. I host that afternoon show today and tomorrow Woo! because Paul Plastino is not here. But what um, if they're listening oh, to this next week? And I'm Kirsten James. And if you're listening to it next week... Go back in time. Yeah. Time travel. Paul's favorite Marvel. thing. My name is Art Aronson, and I'm officially no longer hungover from Lake Town. Ooh, and on yeah. that note... But your credibility as a news guy is kind of shaken. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. Paul's away this week. We miss him. We love him, I think. Um, where is he? I don't know. He's somewhere. He's not the here. The Oregon coast? Uh, he was. He's America? in good old Vancouver now. Oh, yeah. fair enough. This past week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I talked about JFK Moonshot, an augmented reality experience. Uh, Coming up in a couple of weeks, July 16th through 20th, will be the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, the Apollo 11 moon landing. And so this app has come out from the JFK Museum? Library? Shoot. From the JFK building. Whoa, too soon. (laughs) Shoot. Easy. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. That went badly on me. Anyways. I did think, because, like, (laughs) unfortunately, because it is my kid's summertime, I wasn't awake for the weekly geek out, so I missed it. And when I saw this on the cue sheet and said, JFK Moon... Shot from the moon. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's man, the newest think about theory. That. We didn't land Whoa. on the moon, but we did send laser. somebody right. there yeah. to shoot, to shoot JFK. JFK. Oh my god! From the grassy knoll of the moon. Doctor Evil going back in time. <laughs> I can't believe we're joking on this on the Fourth of July. Right? Let's oh, not do oh that. Oh wow! Okay, so it's okay. Bad. It's gonna come out tomorrow. We love we're you, fine. America. We love all our American friends and listeners. They're great. Anyway, <laughs> the app is really cool and. Using AR, which is augmented reality, which is you look through your phone's screen and camera and you can see the real world, but then there's a rocket built on it. So in this case, I could build a rocket on the control board that I'm looking at or or this desk or art. If you laid down flat, I could build it on your back or something. Body uh, shots off a, of art. Let's stop. Let, wow. Okay. Well, you, you chose I art's body. Have, I was just reason. trying to find an illustrative example of a weird flat surface that you could broadcast, you, you know, hear that? Pr- project. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear that art? Oh, okay. that I'm a weird All right. flat surface. <laughs> this is just, this is not going 
Anyway, you can build a rocket, you can fly it to the moon, and you can uh, you have have people on the moon surface, and they can pick up moon rocks, and you can make them move all around, all in the magic of AR, which is it's super cool. And coming closer to the 16th, more parts of this app will unlock, and then you'll be able to watch 50 hours of augmented reality recreation of the real-time process of the launch and the flight and the moon landing. I'm going to stop talking cool. now because no, it's just super cool. bad start. It really is. It's super cool. <laughs> You know why they have all that footage? Because they faked the moon landing. Stop it. You and Dylan both. <laughs> oh, does Dylan think they faked the moon landing? That's all he would talk about on the Geek Out. <gasps> I'm like, you know, it's a July 16th through 20th, 50th anniversary of the moon landing. He's, he's like, didn't we already prove that, you know, didn't happen? Controversial. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, the conspiracies he, in that time period. There's no just, wind in space. He. It's pretty cool. Wanted me to look up <laughs> Operation Paperclip, which, I, you know, I have open in a tab, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't dug into it just yet but nixon was the president there's so many reasons <laughs> anyway that's the geek out next topic <laughs> oh look it does say something about the lion king we could have put nala in there you guys wanted to trip me up that bad yep. movie access trailers posted this uh, pretty neat sort of behind the scenes ish featurette with some interviews with some people and some clips of other people voicing and lots of uh, clips of the movie for the upcoming Lion King remake movie. Who's still hype about it? I mean, I got goosebumps watching that, actually. Cool. I watched it this morning, and it was like all the great people involved in this movie. And I mean, there's uh, John Favreau. A whole bunch of talent about it. there. It's, yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more hyped. Kirsten? No, I never was. Brian? I said... Get me some real lions. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm maybe mediocre amount of hype. Like I I'm tempering my expectations. I love the cast for it. Um but yeah, I think just to recreate something so iconic into a quote unquote live action version that doesn't have as you know, as many facial expressions on the lion as like a cartoon would and I don't know. I just I I can't see it yet. But uh, I'll I'll be happy if if it is great. It's true about the facial you know? emotions, though. Like I think there was one clip in that trailer where James Earl Jones is you know Mufasa is telling Simba to go back. Oh yeah, whatever. that was bad. And I'm like, okay, the facial bad. expression does not match. James Earl Jones is darn near here. yelling, yeah. and the mouth is barely moving on the yeah. lion. Like. Yeah. So you know, that's and, a problem throughout the whole movie. We've all seen CG rendering glitches. You can really make some crazy expressive things. Like, why <laughs> lock it to someone's fate? Like, you know, give it some cartoony character. Just a little bit. Just a bit. I don't know. Not my thing. So, yeah, that's a problem. I see that. But uh, still, I got all the feels watching the watching that featurette if you haven't seen it. Some new music coming. Uh, yeah, new music. Too. Um, yeah. Which is cool. And a lot of the old music, of course. And then the new music proves so, so well in Aladdin to Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't sound like it didn't belong. It didn't make sense. Was she like time traveling with her song? It was stupid. I don't like Did it. you think the same thing about Beauty and the Beast? New music there? Was there new music? In- I don't remember. Wow. <laughs> Made an impression. Mm. I liked it, though. I liked Beauty and the Beast. But uh, so no one's mad that they recast Simba from Jonathan Taylor Thomas to Donald Glover. Oh, but they're mad that... Uh, that's a really good tie-in. Oh, is this your segue? The greatest wow. tie-in. Wow. But good. they are... The internet is sure mad that... 
Halle Bailey, not Halle Berry, although this is kind of neat because Halle Berry is getting you know, a bunch of mistaken identity. Halle Bailey is uh, going to be Ariel in Disney's live action remake of The Little Mermaid. So this is the, the girl that was like found on YouTube by Beyonce? Yes. Yeah. Chloe and Halle, uh, they're sisters. Uh, Chloe's 21. Halle is 20, uh, 19. Sorry. They're from Atlanta. Yeah, they were discovered on YouTube. They're signed to Beyonce's label. They toured with Beyonce and Jay-Z in 2018. And they sang America the Beautiful at Super Bowl 53 in February. Hmm. And what Beyonce didn't know or remember is that when Chloe was four, she played a younger version of Beyonce's character in a movie called The Fighting Temptations that Beyonce starred in. So weird sort of circular connection thing. Oh, that is cool. But anyways, yeah, Chloe and Halle, they're... Huge. They have blowed up, and now Halle Bailey will be Ariel. And boy, Twitter. And boy. Boy, the internet. The Twitter, internet. Twitter, the internet, yeah. So mad. Why? Yeah. Well, they Racists. Are, well, <laughs> you could say that, yeah. Um, I'm very upset that uh, they didn't. They chose not to cast like a real mermaid for this. Yeah, that you is. Know? You want to talk mermaids, misrepresentation? Yeah, mermaids are so underrepresented in yeah. cinema that. Uh, <laughs> and it's Disney. How hard would it be for them to get like the top build mermaid to it, actually star it in is this being movie? Filmed under the seas. So. Yeah, <laughs> I love the. Uh, As the song goes. Uh, well, I love one. I love what Kirsten said. Which I'll let you reiterate what you said. Well, everyone was mad about um, about this, and I said to Brian when he told me about it this morning, I was like, "What's next? Is Sebastian going to be a lobster?" <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Oh man, that was cool. Um, I, I, and I guess we haven't mentioned um, because it's radio podcast. You can't see. It. Uh, uh, Halle Halle Berry is African American. That's all. That's it. That's the Haley, only outrage. But yeah. Haley Berry Bailey is also African American. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, any of the confusion <laughs> both of them is are. correct. They're both. They're and, both. Anyway. They're both African American. Yep. Um, and then yeah. So one of the comments that I read on a thread was, uh, so is, are they? Does that mean that King Triton's gonna have to be black too? Yeah. And all the like, sisters. So you must be a uh, an expert on mermaid genetics. Then <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Pigmentation. They're mermaids. They don't have penises. How do they reproduce? Uh oh. A lot of plot holes here. In the- a lot of plot holes. Lot, well, some uh- holes and some holes okay. are missing. You know? All right, all right, all right, all right. That's good. That's fine. Can we not? Can we just. Can we talk? But yeah, I, just, uh, I, I think that kind of backlash is ridiculous. It is so stupid. Like, when Brian mentioned it to me this morning, I was like, what the fuck, people? Get something better to be angry about. Like, this is, this is just ridiculous. The, the first question I have can she sing? Yep. Cool. Done. Done. That's all. Like, you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I was going to quote Michael Jackson. It's <laughs> a bad place to go right now. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're black or white. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, keep Michael Jackson out of this. But it doesn't, like, it, it, it bears no weight nope. to the plot at all. I, the conspiracy theorist in me wonders if these people who go onto Twitter and say these clearly, remarkably, ignorant and 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 racist things are not just doing it for the publicity i just wonder they're doing it to get followers yeah 
Or just just like no, get I'm their name sure out there. No, I'm pretty sure that they're just evil, racist, yeah, okay, terrible people. Yeah, fair enough. People. Maybe yeah, they're they're probably not that smart. Let's work for Donald Trump. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's the internet. We are in the age of the internet, where any like even when we're talking about conspiracy theories, right? And there are some very ridiculous conspiracy theories. <laughs> but there it's are? been said before that like the internet has made this world a lot smaller. So there are you know certain subsections of the world where they have people that have opinions that are far different Mm -hmm. than the vast majority yet these people because of the internet they manage to find each other right it's just like you know what like hire the best person for the job Mm -hmm. is she a great actress is she a great singer um is she gonna do aerial justice why why does it matter like i mean i know i'm obviously preaching to a choir right now but like that that is my argument for all of these people who are angry that that oh no our ariel's gonna be black why and the point that brian's making is 98 percent of people think the same way as you i don't but know the internet about that makes it feel like it's you know the huge silent minority there's some squeaky, I think, squeaky i think wheels. a lot of people yeah. don't realize how how racist they're being like i think there there is maybe like that two percent who are just racist but then i think that there is like probably a good 25 percent of people who like don't feel like they're racist or don't understand, but are upset that Ariel's gonna be black now. Well, and that, yeah, that's true. There's like well, and, okay. that, and that's the thing too. There's a difference between uh, racist and prejudiced, mm-hmm. and also to throw another thing into the mix, like privilege. Yeah, right. Is that? Oh, good call. They're in like, especially in this case, they're literally like kind of being a fish out of water, whereas. They're surrounded like the, a lot of people are surrounded by this, you know, this kind of thought, this, well, this school of thought. Remember, like back in what wasn't it like one of the old Spider Mans and Kingpin was black? Oh, the Daredevil. Was it where, Daredevil? Yeah, King Kingpin was uh, played by Michael Clark Duncan, and people were oh, right. angry about that. Like, oh, yeah. you can't make Kingpin black. And I was like, why? why like, not? it's build, a comic book. His build to is start. perfect. Like, why yeah. not? And the same thing happened uh, with Harry Potter um, for the stage play. They cast Hermione um, as a black lady, and everyone went, Hermione, what are you talking about? And J.K. Rowling was mm-hmm. like, I never said what color she was. She can be whatever. It's a book. Yeah, so yep. you imagine it anyway. Nick Fury as well, though I never really heard of much right, backlash too. when when he turned right? he turned Nick Fury black, and they modeled him after Samuel L. Jackson. Well, it's like the uh, also when they changed uh, the uh, what's her name, the Tilda Swinton's character, the oh the ancient one, the ancient one, right. instead of making him like a very racist Asian trope. They were like, hey, well, we need to have the ancient one in this movie. We don't want to make him the Asian trope that he is in the comic book. So let's go white woman. And then people went nuts about it. Mm-hmm. But like the reason they were doing that was because they were trying to move away from the really terrible portrayal of the ancient one in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like it's very <laughs> stereotypical and that's just the way they went. And then people were mad about the people just get mad. If you change things, I think guys, I don't know if you know this, but people don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it best. They, it, you know, it ticks all the boxes. She can sing, she can act, but she's a mermaid. More about this though. So Aquafina has been cast as, um, what's the seagull's name? Yeah, no, uh, Scully, not Scully. Scully. No, Scully. Scully. No, Scully. Uh, It starts with an S. Anyway, the seagull, and uh, nobody is mad that that it's a girl now. An Asian woman. The seagull is now an Asian woman. Um, Who's fucking hilarious, Scuttle. by the way. Scuttle. Scuttle. Jacob Scuttle. Tremblay is going to be Flounder, which is just perfect. And Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy. is going to be Ursula. Not an octopus? <laughs> they couldn't cast an octopus? As the Yeah, that's brilliant. And when's that slated to come out? Probably next year. 
next year. I don't know. But I, I'm hyped for this one. I don't know. November like, I like 17th, it because it's, 1989. No, that's the wrong one. It's going to mm. be real people. It's not just a remake of cartoony into different cartoony like The Lion King. Mm. Like there's going to be real people in here. As much as I Live defend uh, defend this move, I'm still not that hyped for this movie. <laughs> you know? I like the little I just, these, I, 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 I'm kind of the same train of thought as Bud in that – you know, they could maybe Disney could save themselves a lot of money if they just focus on re-releasing these older classics in theaters. Yep. So yes. You can take your kids to mm-hmm. um, instead of kind of trying to re remake the wheel. You don't uh, want to. You don't want them ruining classics. That's what you don't. I want. don't think it's going to ruin it. I just uh, to me, it's just kind of like why it seems you know? a little unnecessary. I, just yeah, the amount I, of money and I'm not going to be against it. It's still probably going to get my money because I'm probably going to see it out of curiosity. But I always just of the train of thought that it was like I'm never really fully hyped for the this movie. But it also works in the favor because I didn't mind Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. you know, I guess Lin Manuel Miranda is doing some new she songs is, yeah. for this too. See, Lin Manuel so Miranda is going to do a good job. Not like whoever wrote that trash in the Aladdin movie. <laughs> oh, easy, <laughs> easy. So I, I don't have a release date for The Little Mermaid, but I do see this clippet of this Wikipedia thing, which says that uh, Maleficent, Mas- Mistress of Evil, will be coming out October 18th, 2019. Lady and the Tramp live-action remake, November 12th, 2019. Mulan live-action remake, Ooh. March 27th, 2020. Now, I think that would be cool. Mulan remake. This this live might action. be where I get either the most outraged or the most engaged. I'm not sure. And Mulan then they're going to cast so... Mulan as a white lady. <laughs> Right. To balance things out. Yeah. Mulan is going to be played by Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, I heard they're changing a few things with Mulan, though, as well. In that, uh, what was uh, what was the, the general guy's character? I, I think one of the main characters that was in the cartoon or in the Disney version is not going to be there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, though, I think they'll be altering a few things with the plot. The, the, the captain? I think so. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Donny Osmond. Donny Osmond. Yeah, character. Lee Shang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cap- yeah. Captain Lee Shang. Yeah. Um, he won't be in the in this new one. I've heard that. I don't. You know. Don't one hundred percent quote me on. Okay. This, fair enough. But, um, but yeah, that's what I heard is that some characters from the uh, the Disney movie is not going to be there. But Donny Yen will be playing Commander Tung, a mentor and teacher to Mulan. He leads. Donny Yen, who, by the way, I think Dang. won that uh, bottle cap challenge. What is the bottle cap challenge? I Have saw that seen, today. Yeah, so like, but Brazil I didn't watch posted it. it on his own Facebook page uh, where Jason Statham did a, like a. He basically like, somebody holds a bottle cap or a bottle. Yeah. That's that's fully capped. It's like got a twist cap, and he holds it. Like, I don't think it's fully capped, mm-hmm. or not maybe not fully capped, but uh, uh, and then the person in front of the camera, the subject, is supposed to do like a back kick and then kicks the spin uh, the like lid spin off the, the lid thing off. yeah uh so jason statham did it and like dylan that's posted not a his thing own facebook page oh it's a thing it's in the last thing. three four you days of the internet that. oh yeah. it's incredible oh, people have been doing it all and, the like, footage do it is in, like, amazing slow motion yeah um ryan ryan, ryan reynolds aviation gen one he did this whole thing and it's this lead up to the him doing a spinning back kick on his aviation it's all this like slow motion really well he accidentally kicks the bottle of gin off the thing and shatters it that's what i would do if i was doing this but donnie yen ip man he uh he did it blindfolded wearing a toronto raptors t-shirt of course he did and he didn't even have to do a spinning back kick he just did a regular back kick and it went off Uh, however i will give you if you have your feet planted and you're not doing that spin you have a lot better um 
idea of your distance. Of where, yeah, when you spin, yeah. you're losing a bunch of yeah. that, a bunch of your edges. And How are people this coordinated? No, practice no. and luck, I think. A combination. Who's practicing of the two? opening bottle caps with their legs? He's just hitting targets with their feet. Transporter. That's how. Transporter of bottle caps. Oh no, that Pepsi bottle's about to explode, and he does it like backwards and seals it. Gonna be in the next scene in Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) Just that's how he opens up. Have you seen that? I'm the transporter. We were just watching the trailer before before you came in here. And you calling Art? You calling Jason Statham the transporter is exactly why I put starring Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, and Captain America. In this Knives Out trailer. Um, have we all seen this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is the latest thing coming out from Ryan Johnson. And it looks... I, I don't... Help me. It's the murder mystery parody? Or just a murder mystery? I'm not really sure. But yeah, Daniel Craig, uh, Chris Evans, Jamie the Curtis, Tony Collette, Don Johnson, Catherine Langford from... 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why. Like 90 Reasons Why. <laughs> a lot of episodes. Christopher Plummer and, and a bunch of other people. And excuse me, you're missing the most important cast member, Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Who was in Blade yeah. Runner 2049. That's right. She is like my biggest crush in Hollywood right now. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Time. Yeah. She is gorgeous. Anyways, Absolutely gorgeous. Fascinating looking movie. Um, some great character acting in the trailer that I saw. Please go watch, uh, Kirsten. Maybe maybe please go watch when you when you do the cue sheet and, or the, the show notes for the podcast like you do. And I love that you do it. And thank you for doing that. She's got a big show that. coming on. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I didn't yeah. have time to watch Knives Out. I'll tell you right now. IMDb was trying to get me to watch it for like three days. And I was like, settle down, IMDb. Uh, You've uh, already sold me with Daniel Craig and Chris Evans and Ryan Johnson. I don't need to watch this trailer. Murder mystery? Yes. And I think that's the best part the about the trailer. Watch the trailer. The best though, part about yeah. the trailer was it didn't give anything away. Uh, Captain America swears a lot <laughs> in the trailer. You're like, language, language. Uh, and I'm excited to see him play a role outside of Cap, obviously. And Daniel Craig looks like he's playing the perfect Daniel Craig. In I also movie. didn't watch yeah. this trailer because uh, it's not coming out until next year, right? 2020? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I was like, whoa, early trailer. But you're right. Is it a comedy or what? Would, like, what? Yeah, what it's is really this? hard to yeah, say. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say how serious. Like a dark it's comedy. Be. I don't I know it's if it's camp. necessarily yeah. like a satirical look at the murder mystery. I think they they they're actually trying to tackle it. But like the dialogue is what kind of makes it yeah. comedic or gives it a bit of a comedic tone. But that it's almost yeah like a like a dark comedy. Looks also, like there, yeah, there's a line right. I think right at the be- or right underneath the title of the movie, like a Ryan Johnson who done it. I think that's what mm. they went, which is a little strange because Ryan Johnson's a little controversial right now mm. to like throw that on the title. But honestly, so why not? You know, why is why is Ryan Johnson controversial right now? Well, you know, why. because of Star, Star Wars. Wars? Yeah. But that was like two years ago. <laughs> and that's, the, that's the thing too is, is like if it was just because of Star Wars, a Ryan Johnson who done it doesn't really mean shit to me. <laughs> yeah. so I think They're taking Star that whole Wars, part on okay. Canto Bright where well, they go and do that fucking let the horses go, that whole part. But now it's this movie. That's like a who Who let those horses go on Canto Bright? Art, I'm going to interrupt you because you you're, you said before that. And so what a, in the trailer, it says, by Ryan Johnson, director of Star Wars The Last Jedi and Looper. Like, this seems to be all he can cling to right now. So Yeah, well, I think before... Star Wars, though, everybody, like, you either didn't know who he was or thought he was one of the best up-and-comers mm. ahead of that. So that's why now Star Wars came out and you're kind of, you know, he's half on one side, half on the other. That's why. I like I Ryan Johnson. I just don't like Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. Yeah, fair enough. 
Good thing they're not going to give him three more. Um, San Diego Comic Con. Anybody ever? Nobody here has ever been, have they? Nope. Yeah, and that's no. like the biggest one, right? Yeah, it's a bucket list thing for me. Like, yeah. I want to take my kid one day. Take me. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. If you behave better than you behave at Lake Town. Oh, here we go. I'll allow this Ring for one the bell. week. Ring oh, boy. <laughs> HBO has promised to bring some Watchmen, some Dark Materials, and some Westworld um, goodies experiences. We're not sure yet. Uh, they'll be coming to Hall H at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, when is e- Comic-Con? Yeah, it's, let's find out. Because that's around the time that like, Usually, I wear out the refresh button on my browser. Because I'm just like waiting for these trailers. To come oh, up. this quick! Uh, July 18th yeah. through 21th. Nice. Yeah, the 2019. They got some heavy hitters for this panel. Like on both sides, I was reading some of the names. Like Game of Thrones, just about everybody's. Going. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. Well, they got nothing else to do now. So. Well, yeah, not a bad point, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a bunch of people from uh, His Dark Materials, uh, James McAvoy, Daphne Keene, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Uh, let's see. Jacob Anderson, who is Grey Worm, John Bradley, who's Sam Tarley, uh, Nikolai Coster Wild, Wild, I never got the hang of his name, Coster, Jamie Lannister, Coster Waldo. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. And a bunch of people from Game of Thrones, uh, Varys, Jorah Mormont, Arya Stark. I'm just going to read their character names now because I'm a horrible person. But we're not going! But we're not going! We're not going. So, yeah. But speaking of which, I'm so, I, I am, I had mentioned before, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm on season five, kind of wrapping that up, and the second to last episode was that battle at uh, the um, uh, at the wall at, the, at Castle Black. Mm-hmm. Fuck, was that ever good? Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I'm so glad I watched that. Or after Hard Home. That was, uh, that was no, after, Hard Home is Hard Home is like maybe one or two seasons after. Oh, okay. oh is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but well, that's, uh, that, that's the that's the one. This is the one. The, they're like the wildlings. Like the wildlings. The wildlings. You yeah. Hear it? yeah. You get it. So oh, there's a shot when John jumps off the elevator when he's coming down to, to help fight at the gate and it's all done in one shot and I Tracking didn't shot. realize mm-hmm. yeah. yes. and so yes. you follow John fighting a bunch of guys then you're following Tormund fighting a bunch of guys then you follow Sam who's going to let uh, you have to let the wolf out like, yeah. fuck it was such a good episode I remember that fight and thinking watching and I'm like man this show is doing something no other show has ever gotten no other TV show has yeah. ever done with these battle scenes like that's incredible I don't remember the first season of Daredevil was pretty good and that came out before yeah, that it's true it's true it's a good point I do, lo- I do love me some tracking shots and also yeah Daredevil cinematography was freaking incredible yeah but Daredevil is all like in enclosed spaces mm-hmm. this is like you know super vast yeah. you sound like Paul complaining about Aladdin oh <laughs> they were on a patio yeah <laughs> set pieces set pieces he says set pieces by the set way pieces. uh I'll, I'll talk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, right. Shall we tease that? We should. Okay, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we are going to be talking about uh, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, but nobody else fucking saw it. Easy. I'm going this evening. Well, that helps. Late show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, me and Paul saw it on Tuesday. Paul saw it from Vancouver, and I saw it. And so, what I'll do before at the around the end of this podcast, I'll just do a spoiler-free review for you, and then I'll tack on my 20-minute conversation that I did over uh, Facebook Messenger with Paul. It, it was an audio conversation. It's not just a chat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm going to read the transcript. Thanks for that <laughs> distinction. That's awesome. Uh, Art, read me this title and name, because I'm going to butcher the last name. J.A. Bologna. Oh, you did. Oh, it's your story. I, I don't I actually, you'd know. Yeah, oh, J.A. Bologna. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, Fiona. I'm sure. Anyway, he directed uh, stuff like The Orphanage and Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. He's been chosen to direct the first two episodes of Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. I like how we're complaining about Ryan Johnson, <laughs> Looper, and Star Wars, and then there's this person, The Orphanage, person. and Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. What? <laughs> you saying that's not good enough credits? No. Like, Fallen Kingdom? That was not great. And I don't know what The Orphanage is. Is that a horror movie? Yeah, it is a horror movie. I've probably seen and it. And I never saw it either. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it's, it's this is one. just significant as he's got a tall task ahead of him here. Like, yeah, especially the first two episodes that are usually going to direct the, uh, sort of set the path for the rest of the series. That's, Have we that's heard big. about what the series, the Lord of the Rings series, where it's going to take place? Second Age. Oh, okay. so okay. the third age is go. what we got with the... Lo- with, uh, the Lord of the Rings series there. Yeah. And the second age is what I'm like, I'm so excited for this guys. You have no idea. Like that's I, why you yeah. finally got your Amazon subscription. <laughs> well, yeah, I stole someone's. Yeah. yeah. I stole someone's. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but like the second age is so like, it's, we're going to learn why the elves are so broken going into the third age, why they decided they don't want to be part of this fight. Only Legolas decided he'd be part of this fight. Wow. And, and the age of men, because the men were so huge in that second age. It was the, it was the age of men and elves that ruled Middle-earth pretty much uh, before, you know, before the Dark Tower came in and took everything. So to, 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 to hear some of those battles and to see everything that went on in that age is really, I'm really excited for. Do you think they're going to go the route where it's going to be like Game of Thrones and... You know, they it's going to be a little bit more R-rated, or do you think that's a good question? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, all I know is that they're putting so much money into this, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be the most expensive show ever. And they better get after... some fucking good graphics, Amazon. Don't fuck this up. Yeah, like... this is this is after uh, Game of Thrones, so you well, got I a think lot that to that's what to. they wanted. Yeah, they wanted yeah. a Game of Thrones like property. Um, and I remember when all the bidding happened for this, um, and that's what Amazon wanted, something like Game of Thrones. And they were like, this is also middle-agey kind of fantasy. Sure. And so they bid on this. Um, you know, Netflix. So, I I mean, I think that they are going to try to do like an R-rated, like they are going to copy as much as they can mm-hmm. from the success of Game of Thrones. Yeah, shoot for the leader. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, you're right. Let's just hope that they that means... Some slight improvement in the CG department because their series of late have... I mean, you don't really have to CG a lot. But that's the thing. If it's done well, you don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. But if it pops out at you like, oh, it is CG, and then it's it's not done well. And there are some Tolkien books on this that I haven't read, but if you go and read the appendix of the the Return of the King, uh, they have, and I've mentioned this on this podcast before, near the end of it, it's called like The Great Years, and they also... But it also goes back before uh, the great years and how you know the age, how you know Middle Earth fell, pretty much. You haven't read the Similarian? What are you talking no, about? Yeah, I Art? Nobody's so, read it. So it's, it's just, impossible to read. It is very difficult to read. And I <laughs> it is like reading Tolkien. a giant appendix. Yeah. I've never been more inspired to go read an appendix at the end of a book. <laughs> now, Art, though, that's but yeah, it. yeah. Very you go to the end of the Return of the King. They they like every single year they talk about like the big things that happened that year, and it's just like a couple lines, highlight reels. Yeah, I love it. It's like, and then it gets into the Lord of the Rings and. It gives you like a line by line what happened during the great years or whatever and they talk about some of these things so if you want to know what happens in the second age and you don't want to read this 
similar. Uh, yeah, you can just <laughs> go the Similac, right? One, is that the one line of what happened? The Sarlacc pit. So, similar. The, oh, is this yeah. the director of the? No, Bayona. <laughs> Bayona. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I'm super excited for this series, and I know Paul is too, even though he doesn't like spinoffs. It's not oh, a spinoff, right. though. Well, it is it's not spin-off. like it's like the Legolas show or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he really do the Legolas show. <laughs> it's the Legolas, totally show. Do the Legolas show. Uh, now Paul likes his originals. You know, he doesn't like things that it is. It's kind of a spinoff. It's Legolas like, and his never-ending thing of arrows. <laughs> right. Right. He never loses. ultra quiver. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's big news. So hopefully this guy doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> yes, fuck here's up. hoping. Bayona, whatever your name is. Yabayana. Yeah. Uh, who plays Fortnite here? And it's, uh, nobody's hands are up. Okay. Just you. No, not me. I was my my hand was up as an example. So I, what what's the age group of people who play Fortnite? Like what is there a, just just a little older than like, Brian's kids? I would say. Um, yeah. Fortnite and then celebrities, children and celebrities play Fortnite. That noob master <laughs> as well. Oh yeah, and Korg. And Korg yeah. and Thor. That's right. And so if yeah. you are a children or if you are a celebrities, uh, you may find there are some Stranger Things por- uh, portals that are popping up within the world of Fortnite. Just hmm. a nice tie-in. Today is July 4th, Independence Day, and the date that Stranger Things season Speaking three of this, drops. so I, when I was doing all my show prep today, I saw all of these reviews of Stranger Things season three. I'm like, how cool or not cool would it be to be that person get, that gets paid to be like, okay, Stranger Things is coming out at midnight. We need you to watch every single episode and then have a full review up by 6 a.m. Go. I would hope to think they'd give it to like a professional journalist at least a couple days in advance. Don't ruin my fantasy. Oh dear, here we go. Well, you, your fantasy is horrible though. You want to be like they get given some, that opportunity yeah, and then put Doritos. into a stress pool. To, they get there are those guys that exist IGN, though. They and they get that, some right? jolt. <laughs> and it could, yeah, like how many episodes is Stranger Things season three? It's not six six episodes. So to, if it started at midnight and to have a review up by 6 a.m., that's impossible. Well, they could be writing the first one while they're watching Or, the yeah, a review one. of the first four episodes or whatever. Some yeah. people do that. But yeah, they are up. They're, they're, they're up and out already. Yeah. Like, you already have to avoid spoilers about this season. Yeah. People will have already finished it by now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I need to finish Jessica Jones before oh, I can this. I said I was going to go one episode a week with it. Oh, yeah. How's that to, going? I've been still watching Game of Thrones more than <laughs> Jessica, because I'd be like, okay, well, now maybe I'll watch Jessica Jones, and then I'd do this, <laughs> well, do I, but what's going to happen on just, Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah, I just want to watch another episode. Of, yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I know we're not in reviews and recommendations, but I kind of went there. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm two episodes away from the end, but oh, okay. I've been like binge slash not binging them. Um, so like not doing one episode a week and I'm, I'm really enjoying this season a lot. I like it better than last season. I think there's a really cool villain in it that, um, really has some interesting, um, stakes with Jessica Jones. It's kind of like a really cool chess match. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though she's a superhero, it's, it's almost like a crime thriller this season. I'm really liking it. I'll give it another chance. It's like, I, I got to the episode where we finally get to meet the villain, Mm -hmm. but it was you meet that villain 45 minutes into that fucking episode mm-hmm. 
and before that, all you're getting is 45 minutes of. Thanks, Paul. reference anything that's happening in the Avengers, hey? The snap or no. anything like that? No, remember they, no, weren't, they, weren't, they didn't get did. Doctor Strange in. Because Luke Cage came out, um, I think Iron Fist Season 3 came out, yeah. and apparently they the way they explain all of that is that... Hell's Kitchen is not part of... No, Marvel is that Cinematic it takes universe. place a few years before even the events of Infinity Oh, War. that makes sense, yeah. That makes sense because um, there is a big time, couple times. Yeah, and there is, but then there also was also a couple things like in Luke Cage, like they reference a couple things that um, there's like a picture with Barack Obama, <laughs> and they re- re- reference a couple things that like make America great. Like they reference yeah. reference like Trump things and stuff. Fascinating. So yeah, it's so I, it's very loosely yeah. this, in the thing. This now, season of yeah. Jessica Jones, I think, is my favorite um, Marvel TV show that has come out since. Um, Daredevil Dang. season three. Like I, I did really? not watch Punisher two, but I watched Iron Fist two, and I watched um, Luke Cage, and did not like. Uh, but this season, I, I'm really interested. I like, I like crime things, and I like yeah. how they're handling Jessica Jones's character. And nice. I'm sad that it's. I'm mind you, I've got two episodes left, so I, it could pull a Game of Thrones. I might change my mind, but uh, right now, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Nice. Cool. Okay. We're going to take a quick zig away from the reviews and recommendations. We'll come right back to that. But first, we'll uh, we'll check the mailbag for Geek Out at the Zone.fm. Nope. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you can, if you wish, email us, Geek Out at the Zone.fm. It comes to, comes to all of us, even Paul when he's on vacation. And you can talk to us about geeky things, and we'll talk back to you about geeky things. Can I mention one other piece of news? Please do. Please I'm sorry do. I didn't put on this list. That's I should have. Uh, Aaron Paul keeps and Brian Cranston they keep posting like pictures of themselves together Ooh. and they're like filming the Breaking Bad movie and everybody's like what the fuck are these guys doing <laughs> yeah so it's like it's created a big you know just the photos fans. no information just no photos fo- yeah, okay, just photos right. of them and they're like what is this so fans are really getting wait they right are filming the Breaking Bad movie yeah or, they- or they may have already finished but well, then that's what they're doing. Why are people confused? Well, people are wondering. You know, that's the yeah, age all of this internet. It's. I bet you they're doing it just to troll people. Just to troll people. Because yeah. that's what that's what you know, super fans probably like us like would would do right is would do that and be like, oh, well, I see this thing in the background. Of the right, picture. right. That means this and yeah. this and yeah. ooh, that means that this is going to happen in the plot. And yeah. like, no, they were just at a fucking Arby's. Oh my god, we are such <laughs> you know? nerds. Yeah, so what's going on with Walt and Jesse? That's what the internet's really wanting to know right now. I want to know. Kirsten, before you plug our, our Facebook and whatnot, I see you've drawn a map of the universe on your sheet. Is there mm-hmm. anything you wanted to throw Oh, in? I was just uh, debunking the moon landing. Oh, great. Oh, nice. Lovely. Um, Good callback. Before we do all that end stuff, can we get into my review and recommendation of Spider-Man? And then we'll, uh, go, we'll jump to me and Paul. And then we'll come back and. Wrap oh, it up. okay, that's a good way to so do it. This is going to be a spoiler. We probably should have talked about this beforehand, but anyway, we yeah. did. In the middle. But I, no, the well, well, the oh, actual before, where before the recording. ending bits would go. But we oh. never do that. Yeah, we no, never. We, this makes it really hey, interesting yeah. when we plan things we, and then people can listen. We did it once two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah. On, on, of all people, Paul's recommendation. And I think it worked out really well. And we haven't done it uh, before. Or yeah, since. it's because Paul's not here to keep us organized. That was amazing. Okay. Spider-Man, Far From Spider-Man, Home. Spider-Man, Far From Home. <laughs> 
my spoiler free review go watch it <laughs> yeah you no. you and uh tyson elder from rocktographers like i simultaneously must have seen this movie because you started messaging the group pod being like holy shit you guys yeah this is so good and at the same time tyson started messaging bud and i and was like holy shit you guys spider-man my new favorite spider-man best spider-man well ever. and that's, so that's the thing really? and so paul, and tyson's a tough guy to impress yeah paul asked me this question so kind of spoiler alert for the spoiler section uh-huh. but he asked me does this make uh like is spider-man far from home your favorite spider-man mm-hmm. that's in, in all like in all of the series and i think yes mm. yes it is you like wow. it better than spider-man 2 yeah, I think I also like it better than Spider-Man wow. Two. It was, it's like it's Woo. a it's a it's a tough thing to top, but um, upside down kisses. <laughs> Spider- Spider-Man Two. That's Spider-Man One, isn't it? That's Spider-Man One. Oh, I thought that Spider-Man was Two is Doc Ock. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's I a tough like, one to be Alfred Molina. Well, because of like action and everything like that, I think they do it really well in this. They <laughs> like, and you'll you'll see it tonight, and you can you can judge for yourself. Like yeah. I think if you're asking Paul, Paul. He's kind of on the fence between this and Spider-Man 2. Mm. But I, I I swear to God, this one is up there. Um, and when we're talking about this in context of the MCU, and you were saying like a f- about a month ago, like you don't know if you're ready for this yeah. emotionally and stuff. Yeah. I think this was the perfect breath that you know you you take after a movie like Endgame where it's just like Alicum, after Alicum. a heavy movie like Age of Ultron I'll yeah. say even even that and like you know it kind of ends on a bit of a down note because you don't really know what the state of the Avengers are going to be like and then they go with Ant-Man and Ant-Man's a little bit of a comic relief how good was it's, that it's, yeah. it's 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 good but this one does it better I think wow. and this one also um, gives you a lot of wonder for what the hell's going to happen in phase four. And, mm. you know, it, it makes you pretty hopeful for phase four properties, but also kind of reminds you that fuck, a lot of these people are a lot of the people from the original guard from the old guard. They're not here anymore. Right. And and so you go through this a little bit of this emotional roller coaster and be like, oh, man, but I miss, you know, these guys and I miss this guy. But then it also kind of is like, oh, I can't wait to see. You know how, like, where else Tom Holland will go in, hmm. you know, in this game. And, and that's what I always said about this movie, Far From Home. Like, I just saw what I waited 10 years to see, mm-hmm. right, or longer. And they finished it up so nicely. Wow. And now we got a movie a couple of months, like, a couple of months later. <laughs> like, why am I excited for that? So, yeah. And that's, that's it. And, and I, I get that. I get that to an extent. I did still laugh at you when you said that. But I, I get that to a certain extent. Um, you laugh and, at me a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't, I mean. Um, but, yeah, and I, I totally understand that. Um, I think this addresses it pretty, pretty hmm. well. The tone is almost, like, I think damn near perfect in terms of what it needed to be. Um, is this and then, the same director from yeah. Homecoming? And I hope yeah. he, I hope he sticks around. Mm. I hope he just completes the trilogy because I love what he's doing with this. Because you do get the the sense that it's like it's kind of like this teen teeny bopper high school movie, but wrapped around the greater MCU. I, okay, I got a couple questions then. Okay. Um, and they're like, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. There might be spoilery you if you're one of the kind of people that. that thought it was well, spoilery I, that Iron Man made I won't it back to if, Earth if it in the trailer. <laughs> fucking okay. anyway. Um, does it actually, like we had thought, pick up exactly where um, uh, Endgame, 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 Endgame leaves off? Yep. Spoiler! I'm just kidding. Well, uh, I'm just kidding. Not really. Just kidding. 
Uh, yes, yes, it, it does. does. It does pretty yeah, much. It does. And so, then, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Go and ahead. then my other question is: Do they fucking explain why, like, all the high school kids, like, there's the ones that got snapped and the ones oh, who yeah, didn't get right. snapped, and like, it's just like all his friends got snapped? Do or you want to know art? Oh, no, is I it don't. a spoiler? I really don't. Well, like, do, do they explain it? Can Can art leave the room for like ten seconds? And we'll- I'll, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. Things are addressed. Okay, that's all I need. Things to know. are addressed. Yeah. What and a good I, answer. So the way, like, so it's John Watts is the director, right? So I want to give kudos to John Watts because a lot of this, not only just like this story of Spider-Man as an individual story, but to make it fit within the greater MCU and to make it deal with a lot of the consequences from the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it's. Think about like a guy juggling, say, three balls. In the air, <laughs> and then Kevin Feige is off to the side throwing more oh, at you. Man. He's throwing and knives. This, this juggling <laughs> act that he does mm. and lands. I think he like okay, cool. he did such a good job juggling all these different elements in the air while staying true to oh. a story of Spider-Man. Oh, I can't the wait to see is this. Real here. I know. I, now I'm feeling like I'm going to overhype it for well, you. You're gonna, but it's just you're it's just it me saying this. Like I, I really I really highly recommend this just because like I I didn't go in with huge expectations i just went in with like oh this is gonna be a fun movie after endgame and my mind was fucking blown wow um i will say this too just in case so you don't have to google it um when you're sitting there but stay for the end credit scenes stay right up until the until the end unfortunately and paul paul will talk about this in his part but like i guess the theater that he was at stopped it after <gasps> the mid credit scene no! and then everybody started leaving what? and he was just sitting there like <laughs> what the fuck you cannot do that <laughs> but stay theater did he go to these end credit these, these oh. post credit scenes too they're just like a oh, little mini mini kind of moments in uh-huh. itself they're probably like some of the meatiest end credit scenes so dang yeah. Sounds think, amazing. I think Spider-Man Homecoming had the best end credit scene that I liked. Was that the and Captain so America Homecoming. PSA? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's and the there one. are some there are some so end credit scenes that are good just because they're just you know they just they 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 know that you're gonna stay yeah and that's they just like are what they so are yeah. like and then the Avengers where they're just eating shawarma yeah. right like those those are the good ones the this one like these ones in the end of Spider-Man they definitely have you know consequences it's like oh. it makes you be like oh, now i can't wait to see what's next yeah. oh you know? wow so right. um but here what we'll do right now uh paul and i chatted uh yesterday so here's that spoilery conversation mary hello everyone this is a spoiler alert thank you hello can you hear me yeah i hear you nice can you hear me okay yeah all right nice so, what did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Okay, so I'll have to say this. Uh, yeah, I went to this really great, super great theater that like brings you popcorn and food and booze and like whatever you want. It's like 19 plus VIP uh, recliner seating in uh, North, in like West Van. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, they shut the movie off after the mid credit scene. What? Yeah. So. They just were like, okay, done, lights up, and everyone left. And so me and my buddy went and complained and got free movie tickets. <laughs> so you didn't get to see the the after credits? No, and that's why we complained is because we were sitting there, and I was like, wait a minute. So I looked it up, and I was like, ah, oh, holy hell. 
this is like the biggest after credit scene for for a long time. Yeah. This is like the most consequential scene because I've now I've read all about it, which right. sucks. Oh, so you didn't get to actually see it? That sucks, man. I know. So that's what I really want you to kind of kind of hash that out for me. Yeah. Well, because this like both like both the mid credits and the after credit scene. That's probably the meatiest post credit sequences that has ever been done in the MCU. Like right. aside from maybe Samuel L. Jackson showing up in the end of Iron Man saying that he's you know, I'm Nick Fury, let's start the Avengers or whatever, right? Right, right, yeah. Like, this was huge because there's consequences to both of these scenes. So yeah. the after credits one, let's skip right ahead to there. Which sure. was it's it's funny because it can be interpreted in a couple different ways. Um so what what had happened is that you see Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Um, they're in a car. I think they're just kind of leaving the situation in London, like the like the big after the battle or whatever. Um, right. And they're leaving. They're, they're making small talk, and they turn back into Talos and his wife from Captain Marvel. Right. So they're Skrulls. Like Nick Fury and Maria Hill were Skrulls all the time, and you know she was saying, "Oh, I can't believe you know." There's just a couple of different things that uh, his wife was giving giving him heck about in terms of like how he handled some of the situation, and uh, so they're like, "Oh, you better give Nick and you know you better update him." So he goes and he's actually uh, you know FaceTiming with Nick Fury and giving yeah. him the update of what had happened is like you know. Things are going well, but this happened and this happened and this happened. And Nick Fury looks like he's on a beach somewhere. Okay. Um, but it turns out that was just kind of like a holographic projection of a beach. He was just taking a little bit of a break. And then, you know, you get up and he or he gets up and it shows that he's actually on a ship full of scrolls. And he's kind of also like the, the way he is. It's kind of like Nick Fury from Captain Marvel. He's walking around like he's sort of walking around the ship and everybody's working around him, but he doesn't have any shoes on. And he's just right. kind of like, let's get back to work. Where are my shoes? <laughs> so, right. right. It, it was pretty hilarious. And like, so the, the way there's a couple different ways that it can be interpreted. The first is that, you know, after the whole, uh, you know, Thanos snap and like all of the alien attacks is just that Nick Fury is going he's is off into space and he's forming cuz like he in on earth he's formed shield right or, or he, right. he led shield um there's a comic run uh where nick fury is in space where he forms this intergalactic force called sword um, yeah, that's right. with a bunch of different uh you know characters and heroes from you know from the marvel universe so there's that is that like maybe he was just in space as sort of a consequence of what had happened in infinity war Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was was what if he was a scroll the whole time? You know the thing that well, I was, remember was talking about, like the the if toast is cut diagonally, I can't eat it. And there was that right. stupid fan theory that well, he did in Age of Ultron. There was That's that right. thing of like maybe he was a scroll, maybe he was Talos the whole time, or for at least since Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I, I watched a good video last night that kind of like broke down. If you go through his appearances in the universe, it's kind of from like Age of Ultron on with the diagonally cut toast. Yeah. You know, and grilled cheese that um, he kind of behaves a little bit different. So, I mean, that could be just retconning performance or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, it would like it would be a really great fan theory that there's been a different Nick Fury on Earth since at least that time. Um, you know what I think is a big clue is that like in this movie Spider-Man, this Nick Fury who's Talos references seeing him at the funeral. Yeah, that's right. So are we to believe that like? You know, the Nick Fury from the end of Infinity War, the one who called Captain Marvel, the one who was there at Tony Stark's funeral was all just Talos. Yeah, that's true. It, it could. Yeah. And that's uh, that's crazy to think about that. Hey, right. The one who got snapped, the one, you know, it's like he swears more in this movie. In Spider-Man, he's like saying bitch. And yeah, you say, like he says the N word at one point. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, but, <laughs> but like. Is, is the more swearing Nick Fury is that Talos, and he's the one who's like, "Oh, mother!" And then he, when he gets dusted, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or blipped, which uh, that was another interesting thing I thought in this movie that they like um, retconned the snap into an in-universe um, uh, terminology where we were calling it. Kevin Feige was calling it the decimation, but then these people are calling it the blip. Yep. And it's it's funny because it's kind of like in the zombie universe, like in The Walking Dead, they all have a different name for the zombies, right? They don't say zombie, right. they say walker, they say the dead or the 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 whatever, right? And yeah. this is kind of the same thing. And like in here, they're calling it the blip. And I love how they treated it too because this is sort of like Endgame and Infinity War were such emotionally heavy movies that yeah. this, the way John Watts made it and, and kind of – made it sort of that comedic relief and like there were some funny things that happened like I was crying when like the teacher was talking to Peter on the plane about like how his wife pretended to be blipped and yeah. just left yeah. them for another guy and he was like yeah we had a funeral for her and everything <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. it was so good and then just even the video footage of like all the students being blipped and then coming back and one getting hit in the face by the basketball because he's in the yeah. middle of the game and stuff Fuck. Yeah, it was so good. And, yeah, we never saw, not really, like, what it looked like. You know, the, like, the turning to dust has become iconic imagery in the last couple of years. Yeah. But in, in uh, Endgame, we never see what it looks like them coming back. Yeah. And you do, I mean, it's going to be worth a rewatch. And, again, it's, like, all shaky hand cam footage in the movie. But, like, it's going to be neat. That's the only kind of representation of what it looked like when they got snapped back. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a really neat thing. Um, but no, you're right. The way they handled all the threads in this movie to like tie up from the last one, I thought were incredibly well done. Like, and you're right. The tone was perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not just jokes. Cause then there's Aunt May and she's like, you know, working, trying to get money for people who have been displaced by it. And, and that whole joke about how her apartment had been taken over by someone else. And yeah, yeah there would be, like, you know, they don't spend a lot of time because that would be probably a pretty boring movie if it was just the whole movie. Yeah. But they do a really good job kind of showing the real world consequences of a Thanos snap. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, and, I then, agree. and then just kind of going on. They're like, okay, and then moving on and let's get into a fun action adventure movie, comedy, teen romp. Yeah, it's very. it was very much like a juggling act that John Watts basically, he was given basically all of these balls and they were just thrown at him in the air and he had to actually catch them all and make sure that all of these things landed and they all landed really well, just the mm -hmm. way that he handled it all uh, and sort of, it was like it was kind of that, 
that sequel to Endgame, like it, where it very much ties into the consequences of Endgame. But then he also brought in all like the there's certain consequences that he brought in from uh, Iron Man one, and uh, they sort of retconned uh, that scene in Civil War where Tony Stark is at MIT, and you know Jake Gyllenhaal was actually in the back. He was sort of working with him. He helped develop you know that technology that was added on to you know dealing with the aftermath of you know bringing everybody back from the snap. And you know, dude, you totally called it. You know, with Mysterio, and I think. We all kind of had that expectation. There's no way Mysterio is just going to be a good guy. But again, you know, for all of our kind of gripes about them putting out trailers uh, for Spider-Man before we had seen Peter Parker come back to life, yeah, uh, you got. I was really impressed with like. I think I looked at my watch at a, you know, it's like about the first third of the movie, and I was like, okay, we've seen every single thing from the trailer. Maybe it was like the halfway mark. But I was like, there's a lot of movie left, and something is really going to have to carry that. There's going to be a whole climax still. Yeah. So what's going to go on? And I have seen everything from the trailer, and sure enough, you know, it was that great twist, and they were able to really play that close to the vest again. You know what it reminded me of, too? Because uh, it was one of those things where, you know, they pulled the wool over over the audience's eyes, and there's that kind of big reveal. This is like, you know, this. it was sort of a bit of a ruse. It reminded me of... Uh, of what they did with the Mandarin and Iron Man three, but this one yeah. landed so much better. Yes, um, because it does. Like, yeah, it it speaks to his character. Like Mysterio is obviously, a, you know, he's he's more just a special effects guy, and you know, that's really he's not that big of a criminal, but he wants to, you know, make himself look like a hero. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I could see that coming. But there's also moments in the movie where Gyllenhaal played his character, you know, sort of like the ruse version of his character, so well that you almost wanted to believe that maybe this is like a, a multiverse version of Mysterio that's a good guy, and maybe this one is gonna like maybe he'll die, but then the bad version of Mysterio lives in Earth six one six or something. Like he he did it so well that you wanted to believe him. Totally, yeah, absolutely. And you know what else I really liked about you know, him turning out to be the villain as well is that, you know, the biggest thing we all really loved from uh, Homecoming was the fact that this wasn't a world-saving Spider-Man. This was a neighborhood Spider-Man who was, you know, stopping a criminal doing a bad thing, which is kind of more true to Spider-Man, whereas the other Spider-Man incarnations, you know, especially Andrew Garfield, was had to save the world, right? Yeah. Um, So, so like, they kind of set up in the first half of the movie, they talk about saving the world from the elementals and how that really was like a, it was going to decimate the entire world. How that all turned out to be phony. Yeah. You know, that was false. The, the world was never truly at risk. Yeah. You know, it was only about bringing down this one guy whose aspirations were, again, to kind of take over Stark Tech to um, empower himself and, mm-hmm. like, aggrandize himself. It was a very it became a very like kind of small scale personal stakes story, but with a ton of amazing action. Yeah. Um, action that you believe and care about so much more than, you know, a thing on top of a building is going to shoot a laser into the sky and then kill everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, Peter or uh, Spider-Man having to like whip around and defeat like these hundreds of drones was just so cool to watch. Like they, have nailed in these new two Spider-Man movies the action set pieces in an incredible way, um, as well as that dream sequence. I mean, like that whole 
um, you know, hallucination, illusion sequence that Mysterio put Spider-Man through is, I feel, and you can tell me if this is right or not, but it feels very true to, like, the old cartoons and the comic books and kind of what Mysterio would do to fuck with Spider-Man. Is that yeah, about right? Yeah, no, you're very right. Like, it, it felt like those were kind of ripped from the pages of like the any of the comics that Mysterio showed up in right and yeah. and even like like the cartoons like the the episodes where you'd see Mysterio in the cartoons that's very much what would happen and it's it's cool because that was also um a way to address Spider-Man's Spidey sense right or his Peter Tingle what you call yes. it and it's sort of him <laughs> just being able to work into like okay this is how I develop this 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 side of my superpowers right which is they never yeah. really explored they only explored it in infinity war in that one scene where the hair is on his arms raise uh right. so they say like yes he has it but they don't really kind of explore it much further than that right they don't explore yeah. it as an actual thing that he could use as an as an actual tool that he can develop and uh they did that perfectly and just the i think yeah that was the perfect character to uh you know to to you know, put into that to to make it sort of the catalyst that you know Peter develops another you know angle to his superpowers. Totally, and uh, gave us the phrase Peter Tingle, which I used immediately after the movie when we went to Whole Foods and I bought toothpaste, and I said, "This one doesn't have enough of a Peter Tingle for me." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'll and and so I love that that was uh, the kind of the way that they did this movie. That was the stakes of it and everything, and then. You know, that mid credit scene, what it's going to set up for in the next Spider-Man movie. Like, I am so stoked yeah. because it brings, you know, the whole thing kind of full circle back into, um, for one, it's kind of a political move, right? To see, like, a teenager up against a big fake news organization, which they turn, like, to, to cast... Number one to bring J.K. Simmons back. Yes, Jonah Jameson. That was, was the biggest. Did, did your theater like? Were there were there a lot of people in your theater? No, it was no. There really wasn't. Everyone kind of left before that. But I was, you know, me and my buddy were obviously like kind of audibly like. Ugh. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was kind of lucky enough that we were in a theater full of Spider-Man fans. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't the only one that was like, ah, it's it's J.K. Simmons. <laughs> like that was probably the biggest reveal of the movie for all these fans was like Holy. the fact that they cast him which is like i can you can understand because like one it's probably just it's it, he's definitely going to be in you know in it in like in the sequel to this but it was definitely probably started out as stunt casting it was like right. who do we pick for j jonah jameson maybe going through the list of names of who could be a good j jonah jameson but realizing that there's nobody better than jk simmons um, yeah. And then so they're like, well, let's just cast him. It'll be a really cool sort of stunt casting move. But then at the same time, you know, it, it makes total sense. And it's just like how they, they yeah, they, the, the evolution, because like in the Ultimate Spider-Man series to sort of bring it so that like it's he's not just running some old timey dying newspaper. He is, yeah. He's like very much this kind of Infowars style yeah. uh, website where he's just spewing, you know, spewing his conspiracy theories, which is like, you know, mirroring what you see today with with Infowars and Breitbart and stuff. Totally, yeah. It's uh, it really makes it um, real world, modern, relevant. 
recognizable, you know what I mean? Because it just you immediately see Alex Jones. Yeah, exactly. His setup and everything. Um, you know, and to then to call it dailybugle.net. And that'll be an interesting thing, like, because uh, that's kind of a cliffhanger there, right? So it's like it, Peter is out of as Spider-Man, which yeah. is massive. Yeah. And then it kind of, again, that's very real world where it's like a media outlet, um, you know, that kind of trades in conspiracy theory and fake news up against a teenager, but even one with superpowers, is like a, a very, like, interesting statement for this movie to make. And if that's the route that they go in, I don't think that'll be maybe like the main thing of the next movie, but it certainly has some like major implications and uh, is going to be like classic, you know, Spider-Man. You know, cause so, for so much of the comic and cartoon run, Spider-Man was like up against the whole city. He was an yeah. anti-hero. Yeah. You know, people didn't know if they could trust him and like he had a mask on and, you know, it was interesting in this movie, you know, to kind of see Quentin Beck have this animosity towards superheroes and you know that's why he designed his costume the way he was and the whole joke about him getting his cape steamed and everything you know like was kind of a funny take on superhero culture and the whole hero worship that had been going on in even this universe for so long now yeah and the kind of backlash against it which sets up pretty perfectly for you know the next spider-man movie which i am you know, of course, not super stoked about. I know, and it's probably it's like so painful because you know it's probably not coming out until like 2022 or something. This is one of those things that it it probably won't necessarily be addressed in the other properties. Even if Spider Man or Tom Holland has a cameo in some of the other properties, it's not going to be fully addressed. I don't think yeah. until the next Spider Man, which makes oh, it yeah. that much more painful. But like, yeah, you're right. Like it's it is a, a really cool step in terms of like just completing his story in this trilogy and in this next movie i'm sure we're gonna time jump a bit where we actually see him you know where he's maybe graduated right and maybe he is yeah he's he's people know he's spider-man and like they're the only comic that i can think like the civil war comic is the first is one of the major comic uh story arcs where actually peter revealed his identity and there were consequences to that but yeah it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that now Especially sure. since I mean, the whole movie was all about, you know, I can't let anybody know or figure it out and know who I am because, you know, then my life is ruined. So. Right. And, you know, I think we kind of touched on it in a previous podcast, I think, about how we didn't love, you know, when they bring in the multiverse because it just nothing means anything and you can just throw whatever crazy bullshit you want out there. Yeah. And so, again, in this movie, I like that they teased us with it and it got kind of hardcore fans interested in like, Ooh, perked up their ears. Ooh, multiverse, you know, could be anything, but then that turns out to be bullshit. So I was kind of relieved in that sense. And I think that going forward, the Spider-Man property is like in such a good place. And then, so maybe to wrap up, maybe I'll ask you like, I've seen people say this is like their favorite Spider-Man movie. Where does it rank for you, Brian? Th- on like your your uh, your uh, power rankings of Spider-Man movies. I think I'm one of those people that you know I wow. cause I you know I loved the Raimi Spider-Man movies up until obviously Spider-Man three, um, right. and I think this this sort of paid homage to that. This uh, it sort of like that mid credit scene was almost a, kind of a different tone to the entire movie where it it felt almost like and I and of course yeah because you know also because J.K. Simmons was there, but it felt 
very much like that kind of like it was really trying to pay homage to certain elements of you know that the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man or that the the Raimi Spider-Man um yeah. you know brought out uh yeah. so I think it because it carried elements of that and then because of just the story and the evolution of these relationships even the, the you know his relationship with Happy Hogan and and just his relationship, like Tom, the way Tom Holland is able to connect to pretty much every single character that was on that screen. Um, I just, uh, I thought this was pretty much the perfect juggling act. So I thought, I thought this one was probably my favorite. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I, it's interesting about the comparison and the tone of that scene to the Raimi trilogy, because I noticed it too. And I think that has to do with simply being set in Manhattan versus we've only ever seen you know, Spider-Man really swing around Queens before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so so I thought that was for it to be right kind of in Times Square. I thought it was, you know, that sets an interesting tone. And if they've saved that, you know, um, for the third movie, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think, you know, still Spider-Man 2, the original Sam Raimi one, is like holds a really special place in my mm-hmm. heart with the way they handle Doc Ock and everything. Yeah. Um, and the pizza delivery. And, like, it's just got so many great moments. Yeah. Um, but I agree, like, uh, these two movies and, you know, Spider-Man in Infinity War and what will end up being the third movie, to me, is, like, definitive on-screen. Really the only one worth watching, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. For, for, as far as Spider-Man goes, and this was, like, an incredible installment of it. Well, we chatted for 24 minutes. That's going to add a little bit to this podcast. <laughs> but thank you, because yeah, I know you're on vacation right now. So I, you know, thanks for taking the time to. Yeah, of course. Because it it would have been two weeks without uh, without Paul Placino, and Art would have you know Art would have talked way too much. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> um, well, I hope he does see it, and I hope you guys get to uh, do maybe a little spoiler-free review for Kirsten and Bud tomorrow as well. I mean, it's. It's kind of one of the biggest, or maybe the only biggest thing going on this week. I don't know. I know. It feels like the rest of my year is just like, huh, now I got to wait for Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Well, you take care, hey? Your week. Thanks. Yeah, you too. See you soon. Wow, that was so spoilery. You guys spoiled the movie. <laughs> I'm so spoiled. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't actually listen to it. I'm just, I plugged my ears for that whole 20 It's going to be nice, though, because like, when you guys actually do watch it, now you're going to go want to come back to the pod That's and true. listen to what me and Paul said. Great idea. I'll Great hold idea. Off. Uh, Kristen. Hi. You're drawing the universe again on your... Uh, oh, on your... yeah. I'm supposed to do something. Hi. Facebook. Uh, oh, please. Face. Oh, the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what my name's there for. Yep. Hi. Um, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Like the page. Join the group. Uh, join our conversations of basically memes that we post constantly on there. Um, uh, the listeners put in some great conversations. Oh yeah, but no, the listeners do too. We great, just throw in memes. Great memes from Rob Cook. I think is mm. the best meme person out there. Um. Also, uh, if you haven't, we would totally love if you went and rate, reviewed, and subscribed our podcast wherever you found this podcast. We got one on Apple. Can we I did? Yeah. Oh, go, go, go. So June 9th. Oh, it's a new one. BD, BD, BD. Think Super Mario. Tremendous. Whoa. Five. Don't know how I stumbled on this gem, but so glad I did. Only listened to the last five or six, but I think I might go back and see what I've missed. By the way, I love the rant about the Game of Thrones petition, drinking the tears of all these babies. <laughs> what? This is amazing. This is one of Paul's friends. Anywho, <laughs> anywho, keep up the amazing work, people. Just thought you'd like to hear from another happy subscriber. Thanks, Brandon from London, Ontario. Whoa, oh, that's, 
That's incredible. Oh. Like, honestly, until Brandon the words... or Paul? No, yeah, no. Paul. Until the words drink the tears of... I, I, I'm like, was this for a review for our podcast? Because that's like yeah. way crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Thanks, Brandon from London, Ontario. Or Paul, if that's really your <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, we'll so do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's awesome. That was a great review, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're subscribing and reviewing and rating and doing all the things, here's another member of the Zones podcast family. Hey, do you like hockey? Art, I'm talking to you. Do you like hockey? I kind of like hockey. Yeah, I kind of like it too. I also really, really like the Vancouver Canucks, even though they're going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Yeah, they suck. Piss on old-time hockey. You're ruining it. I don't know if that's a nice thing to say, Art. We're trying to get people to listen to our podcast about the Canucks. Well, the thing about our podcast is... It's awesome because the Canucks suck. It's fucking embarrassing! Well, it's just awesome regardless. So why don't you give it a listen? Mm-hmm. Where can we find it? iTunes, Podbean, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Boom. Listen. And yes, all of us can be found at thezone.fm slash podcast. Kirsten James. Okay, I actually have something to say here because we talked about it earlier. Go to my Instagram. It's kirsten.james on Instagram and look at my highlight stories. Yes, all look at all. Watch all the highlights. There are three, and they all say highlights. Watch them all. Make sure you watch all of Kirsten James's highlight stories. Good call. The end. Art Aronson, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, at Art Aronson on all socials. You can also find me as a co-host on Between the Stammers, which uh, you can find wherever you found this fine podcast. And I think probably forty episodes in would probably be a good time to say that it's A R O N S O N. There's yeah. just the one R. I think some people might think. Or there's two A's or something. Yeah, so it's just A-R-O-N-S-O-N. Yeah. Swedish. <laughs> what? It's a Swedish name. Aronson. Nice. You're the least Swedish person I've ever seen. Right? Somebody cast Art Aronson as a Swedish person and the internet is mad. <laughs> well, it's right in the name. It's oh right in the name. That's so good. Brian. Uh, DJ Boitano on Facebook or Boitano913 on Twitter and Instagram. Can you imagine if he was like on a Swedish soccer team? <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Swedish. Just great. Just, I like, just throw it out. That's so great. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Thank you for listening. Love you all. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.